Hi, it's Megan, and thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of Woo as Fuck. This is the fourth episode that we recorded back in June, and it was so much fun for me to edit to go back and listen to it because I did not remember what we talked about at all. But because we are ending season one of the podcast and moving on to season two, where we are doing videos in addition to audio podcast and changing up our format a little bit, which I'm really excited about. Um, we wanted to clear out all of the episodes from season one so you guys could have that because we made it and we love it and we love you guys. So this week on the episode, we talk about recurring dreams, ways to remember your dreams, finding your soul group and different instruments, a little bit about telepathy or soul communication and cyborgs and ice cream and a lot of other fun topics. I'm really excited for you guys to listen. Thank you guys so much for being here with us. This is officially our 10th episode posted, which is crazy to think about already having 10 episodes out into the wild, but you guys have been wonderful and we've enjoyed doing this so, so much. And that's why we're moving on to season two, because we've learned a lot, we've grown, and we're ready to show our faces to the world. So let's get into the episode. it's Megan and it's Lissa and this is woo as fuck so I hope you guys are all doing well today what a week huh it's been quite a week but we're officially through retrograde as of today I did not know that I didn't know that we're done with maybe that's why everyone's saying all of a sudden I've been hearing quite a few people talk about how uh they feel better today than they have been feeling yeah, I, I definitely feel better today, but I also slept for the first time, like really, truly slept for the first time last night in weeks and had mm. restful sleep. So I, I attributed attributed a lot of that to that. Sleep is necessary and sleep is important. Yes. Do you get um, or have you been having, were you having during the retrograde dreams that made your sleep restless? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Most of my dreams were vivid and active and I was hyper aware of all of my dreams because sometimes I go through phases where I wake up and most of my dreams are gone. Like I have vague recollections of them, but the general concept of them is gone. And uh, through the retrograde, I have remembered a lot of my dreams and they've been a lot more vivid. That's a trip that during during retrograde, you can remember them. Hmm. I've been having a hard time remembering them too. Like I'll wake up with the feeling, a general feeling, but then the actual dream is gone. I tried to keep a dream journal for a while um, where the second I woke up, I would write out my dreams, but then I just stopped doing it because follow through is hard. <laughs> It's so hard and all it takes is one day of not doing it. And then it's like, oh yeah, I, whoops. Yeah. <laughs> and then a week goes by. Not to mention waking up and writing first thing is really difficult. But, but, but that being said, I have a friend that does dream work that did a, um, did the master's program uh, here at the college locally. And it was a uh, Jungian 
depth psychology program. And she does dream work, like literally does dream work and has dream workshops. And she's been recording her dreams for years and can uh, actively lucid dream because of it. So there's clearly a huge benefit to doing that if you get into the habit of it or don't work at 7 a.m., you know? Yeah, I, I do work at 7 a.m. though. Um, granted, I make my own schedule, but that's when my husband works. So yeah, yeah same. that makes the sense. Makes a lot of sense. But as far as dream recollection goes, the reason I started recording them was so I could remember them more clearly because from my research, if you first and foremost, before you go to bed, say to yourself that you want to remember your dreams. And then if you record them and actively take an interest in your dreams and you're like actively recalling the dream, it becomes more accessible to you. So it's easier to remember them because you're going through that process every day and you've put like this significance on your dreams. So that's why I started to do it. And I stopped doing it because I was oversleeping and then I had to work. Oh my gosh. It's like your intention in the dream world made you more present in the dream world. And then your waking self is like, hey, now reel it back in. We got to be conscious. (laughs) Maybe I should pick that back up. That's super interesting because if you were sleeping more, were you dreaming more? Yeah. And I was having those, I don't know if everyone has them, but often I'll have a dream that rolls into another dream that's similar, but slightly different. And then that rolls into another similar, but it's like, it's like one big dream with chapters, almost segments. I have, yeah, I have that. And I've had, you've probably had this too the chapter it feels like reading multiple books at the same time but you drop or you start where you left off in the last book yeah yeah mm-hmm. totally like i'll have or do you want to talk about our reoccurring dreams because i definitely have had that like the chapter that you're talking about um i sure i've been having this reoccurring dream of a place that's like by a lake and uh, my partner and i are always driving around and something has happened and everything's different. And there's like a like a store, a convenience store that I go into to get coffee. These dreams are not interesting. They're just daily life after some sort of something where everybody's living very quietly and there's not a lot of people. And um, and it's by a body of water. But it's a trip because I'll return to myself there and then I'll like go and get a coffee at the convenience store. Or like, go drive, and then that's it. But maybe because everything is quieter, those are the more significant moments of your day-to-day life in that world. Huh. Yeah, maybe. When I think about being in the pandemic for the last year, it was a a whole to-do if I went to the store to get my medicine. Mm. I would dress up. I would put on makeup. It was a whole thing. (laughs) My gosh. So my recurring dreams um, is more of a theme than the dream itself. For most of my adult life, most of my dreams that are, that happen the most often are, it's a, it's an apocalyptic situation. The It's always when the shit is hitting the fan, like it is going down in the moment and I am rallying the troops. I am calming everyone down. I'm gathering supplies. I'm leading everyone to safety. And, um, it's always the apocalypse. And there was a long stretch of time where that was the only type of dream I would have every night 
was a different form of apocalypse. And I was just gathering supplies and helping people. When was that? When were you having those dreams? I mean, I still have them, but it started, I don't know, seven, eight years ago. Oh, okay. So did you have those when you were a kid too? Sorry, so many questions. I'm fascinated. <laughs> no, most of my recurring dreams when I was a kid was about this. Um, for some reason, it's linked to the Partridge family. I don't know why. Um, but when I think about this dream, I think about the Partridge family. There was this old haunted house and everything was black and white except for this vibrant pink and purple. And in the house, it was abandoned but haunted. And every time I would enter the house, there was a boulder that was chasing me. And I had to escape the house so I wouldn't get smushed by the boulder. And that was my recurring dream as a kid. Whoa. And somehow it's connected Whoa. to the Partridge family. I don't know why. The Partridge family. Does the Partridge family have like a, they must have like a feeling to it or something. I'm sure it's just, it was something around that time I had watched that show a lot or I'd fallen asleep to it a lot or something. But when I think about that dream, I think about that show. What do you maybe, think? Maybe it was their house. I don't know. Oh. Maybe. Huh. I vividly still remember the house. I could look it up on Google. So it was in the Partridge family house? Was the abandoned house? Because I can't help but like think about a dream. I'm looking it up on, on Google currently. Um, It kind of looks like this house, but it's a little different. It's two story. Like it's a tall to two story, but it's a similar shape. When you think of the Partridge family, you think of like happy family, right? No, I mostly think about being alone in my room. Oh, that's a very different feel. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I didn't have a lot of family time. Um, everybody just did their own thing. So there weren't any shows or movies or anything that we really gathered around to watch. That gives me that warm, fuzzy feeling. Oh, that's so funny. I just assume I've never seen the Partridge family. Um, I just assumed that that's that. But I did watch the Brady Bunch. So I just thought that that's like what it was. I don't have any idea about the show. I couldn't tell you a single plot point from that show at this point. Memory. Everything's changing. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I remember the vibe. That's all I remember. That's all that matters, right? Yeah, that's all that matters. So do you want to talk about when I, I was talking earlier about um, my friend that does dream work and we were, well, I mean, we were talking earlier about how I want to talk about soul groups today and she's a great that's a great way to start because uh, this woman that I connected with was probably the second person that I've ever felt a soul connection to who wasn't a romantic partner. Um, meaning that that like resonance. And I'm wondering what. Well, do you want to talk about that? Like what the experience is of that? Because I think that sure. what's happening right now is a lot of people are running in, not running into, but a lot of people are being divinely guided to soul groups. And I think that being able to, being able to be in your own state of resonance so that you can magnetize the people that are in harmony with your soul group is step one. 
But then the experience of actually meeting them and being in their presence and having them be involved in your life is, is a very different experience. Yeah, it's when you're with them, it's activating, it charges you, you have this excitement almost like you're long lost friends and you haven't seen any each other for ever and you need to reconnect and tell me about all of your past lives. <laughs> what did we miss? You know, everything from A to Z. And are you, so have you, well, you and I have done this. Um, yeah. But what, you guys, this is so, it's a, life is such a trip now. Life is such a trip down. Megan and I were just talking before we started recording about how if we were having the conversations that we're having now, a year or two years, well, even a year ago, um, it, we wouldn't be recognizing them in the way that we are. It wouldn't be hitting in this in the same way because everything yeah. is so different. And that really is what's happening. These individuals, like you, I would say there's maybe four or five people in my life that I have met now and gone, oh, I remember you. I know you. And then, you know, you included Megan, then you remember me. And then we start to have conversations about what we've actually experienced together, not necessarily just here on earth. And then that op opens a whole nother can of worms where you start to understand that, oh, there's actual tangible evidence in my physical reality with people that I love that there's more than just this. Yeah. And it, I'm trying to say something, but my throat chakra is, is just, I, I, my throat is closing up. I can feel it. I don't know what I'm trying to avoid saying. Um, I guess for me, I've only experienced that type of connection with you, I guess is maybe what I'm trying to avoid saying. Um, that makes sense because it's yeah. such a vulnerable thing. Well, and let me say too, before this year, um, I had only ever had that experience with, well, this is actually really interesting. I'd, I'd only ever had that experience with uh, my first partner. Yeah. Who I was very much in love with. And that was such an enmeshment that it was hard to tell what was, um, you know, soul group, what was contracted, what was uh, karma. But it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal to have a connection that's that deep. And when you only ever experience it once, it's hard to know, for me at least, with that individual, I did, oh, now I'm getting sad. <laughs> oh man, yeah. now my heart, now my heart chakra is opening. Um, but I, I thought that that only existed with him. I thought that it was a him thing. And I went through many years of grief, grieving the loss of, um, my partner thinking that we had this incredible connection that I was never going to get to experience again. And lo and behold, it was a soul connection. It's what happens when you allow yourself to be yourself and you're seen and heard by someone who resonates with you. And, um, I think that that is a scary thing to, when you, when you, well, me and you, right? Like when you know that it exists and you can see it, then you become vulnerable in a completely new way because you and me, we don't need words to communicate and you can send me messages in all kinds of different ways. And it makes it so that your actual, oh, my whole body is vibrating right now. It makes it so that your etheric body, your, your essence is accessible beyond the veil. And that can be really scary. Yeah, it can be. And whenever you're coming across these relationships you have to be vulnerable in a, an entirely new way and you're opening yourself up in an entirely new way it's not like talking to a neighbor well, I mean it could be a neighbor you don't I don't know your life um, but 
the connection's different. And when you're saying words to someone who you're divinely connected to, the depth of those words and what's behind them is so much more meaningful. Like there are times where I can be talking to you and I'll just say like, oh, you know, um, just working. And then you'll say, well, what's wrong? <laughs> like you can just feel what that means. Um, or if I'm excited about something, you'll come in before I even say anything. And you're also excited. You're riding that same wave and it's magical. It's an entirely different experience. And I think that everybody should experience it. And I think that our families, our connections are going to be coming in waves um, as we all get to know ourselves and open ourselves up the way that we need to, to make those connections. Um, Love the idea. I think that's why we have to work through so many things before we have them and why they come in the when they do, because maybe that person needs to help you work through something to meet the next person. Mm-hmm. Or maybe and, you're not ready to connect at that level and I keep cutting you off. No, no. I, are you kidding me? You keep cutting me off. Interrupting you is what's happening. <laughs> that's yeah. That's not cutting me off. That's me interrupting, but like, okay, so check it out. You guys, this is, this is a perfect example of what she's talking about because as you were talking, Megan, I'm just listening to you. And before uh, you were saying that that could then affect your relationship with other people, like how open or closed you are or, or the work that you're doing on yourself. Um, I was seeing it in visual, so it's hard to remember what your words were. But I was seeing as you were talking our heart space, right? Like a like an open heart. And then junk, like gunk that's that's existing in that space and the equivalent of guitar strings that are vibrating coming out of that space. So once you clear that gunk, these are such weird visuals. Once you you clear that gunk, you have a clarity to be able to experience the resonance of the different tones of those different strings. But you and me uh, and other people in our soul group, they all vibrate at the same frequency on that string that's connected across our hearts. So that, um, okay, bear with me, you guys, because this is a really heavy concept, but it's super, super, super important that we understand it. Um, If we do not clear that gunk, we're not going to be able to connect to our core frequency. If we can't connect to our core frequency, we can't activate that frequency within the heart space that connects us to our soul group in the heart space. But when we do, this is channeling, this is why I'm talking like a robot. (laughs) But when we do clear the gunk, it becomes accessible, but still with free will. It's not like anybody can just access you at any time. The reason we need to clear the gunk, the reason that's so important is because it would be the equivalent of giving your cell phone to... Uh, anyone that's significant in your life. If like, this is a good, this is a good, stay, stay with me. I promise it will make sense. A good check-in for yourself about your own gunk is, are you comfortable handing your cell phone over to somebody and say, freely look through it, go for it, anything you want. I'm proud of myself for being fine with that. That's huge. Me as well. Well, actually, no, I take that back. 
anyone who was in my soul group could absolutely have my phone, no problem. I know that that anything that was seen on there has been shared or felt in in some way or another because we're all resonating in the same heart space. Um, but that's the same thing, right? So if there's things I'm trying to hide from myself, if there's things I'm trying to hide from other people, then not only is that space going to be inaccessible, but I'm not going to want to access it because then if other people have access to it, they're going to see the shadow pieces of myself that I'm hiding. And that's why shadow work's important. Oh, sometimes you might not even want to be able to see it yourself because you're hiding it from yourself. And if you clear it out and you have to feel those feelings and accept those truths, it's too hard. It's too difficult for you until you've done the work. Enter Lissa's current phase of life. <laughs> <laughs> think we're all in that phase in some way or another like it doesn't it it feels like we're all collectively releasing the trauma and bonds and negative emotions that we've carried with us our entire freaking life but the reason we're doing this i feel or i'm actually coming i'm now getting clarity on now that we're talking about this um is because we're going to be activating these other places and spaces where we're going to be having new forms of communication with each other, where the only way to do that safely is to know that we are whole and complete exactly as we are. And we're not, we're not hiding anything from ourselves or each other. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm remembering something from one of the first times that we talked, the first conversation that we had via the phone one of the channeled messages that I got when I was, we were just talking was um, that we were, that you were going to be the first, like with one another, we were going to be the first people to communicate telepathically. Like it was going to be our first experience for each of us in this incarnation. Um, and thinking about how true that is. So true. And how scary it was when it, well, scary is not the right word. How bizarre, unusual. Yeah my heart's on fire right now, even talking about it. Um, the way that it, Oh, goosebumps. Wow. The way that it happens, the, my body's helping me explain it's the way that it happens. Because when you think of telepathy, you think of like, hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can hear them. You, you knew what I was saying. <laughs> exactly. yeah, yeah. But it's not, you guys, it's not, you don't hear thoughts in your mind. You are able to access the feeling state of that. Yeah. other yeah it's like you're tapped into their their essence and I think I've said this I'm pretty sure I've said this on an earlier episode but it to me it really feels like the essence of that person is getting put into a little pool like a little hot tub in front of you and you get to dip in and kind of feel what it's like for a minute and then dip out but you don't want to you know like immerse yourself in that or immerse yourself in other people's mesh yourself into other people's energy um, but that's not what it is. It's like literal energy tasting, like in a sense, yeah, you know, and it's, it's really bite-sized small things. And sometimes like I question, is that what, is that, what was that with that? What that? Uh, good, good stutters. Is that what that was? <laughs> um, and then I have so many confirmations from you a lot of the time. Well, and you guys literally, okay, so we have to share some stories then to help people understand how it comes through because it will be different for everybody. But um, one example is Megan was thinking of a, what is it? What were you trying to communicate to me? It was like a feeling or a... Oh, so I, we were testing it out. Um, so I sent her a feeling. 
it was a, the feeling that you get whenever it's a hot summer day. Your skin is so hot because the sun, you've been out in the sun for a while. And then it's that feeling when you first get in like a crisp body of wadi. Body of water. Body of wadi. <laughs> body of wadi. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that feeling when you're you're really hot and then you get into a crisp body of water and the way that feels, how refreshing it is. And you, in that moment, randomly felt to watch a video. Yeah, so I didn't even, so then on my end, I didn't get your message. I was working and then I took a break because I like went back to my work and then I took a break from work because my head was killing me and I watched a um, little like 10 minute YouTube video of this girl. Uh, Everybody should watch it. She's incredible. What's it called? Mariah? Mariah. Well, her name's Mariah. She travels in a van and she has a YouTube channel. If you type in Mariah van, it'll probably come up. Mariah Alice, I think. So <laughs> I uh, I do van life with my partner, and so I was trying to remind myself that things exist outside of the corporate world and nine to five, and I was watching her, and it happened to be this episode where she was camping in her car instead of in the van, and it was so hot. She was, um, there was a heat wave somewhere, and she went to the river, like all she could do was take her dog to the river and then just soak um, in the water, which she said was even like kind of warm, like bath water warm because of how hot it was. And then she went on in a different episode that I watched a clip of to explain how she doesn't want to live. She she doesn't want to live this, the standard that she is not going to wait for retirement to live her life, that she really wants to build a different kind of template for herself that allowed for freedom and ease. And uh, Oh, yeah, that was the other part of my thing was sitting and feeling freedom and feeling joy and feeling at one and at peace with yourself and everything in life. Exactly. So you guys, so, so this is, so this is from on my end, I'm just watching this and I start crying. I'm on break at work. Right. And I'm like in my office watching this YouTube video and I'm crying I'm like, I want that life for me too. And then I go to text mess or go to text uh, Megan because I'm feeling sad that I'm not, you know, living in my car on a river. <laughs> and um, and I see that message from her where she said, hey, I'm going to send you a feeling and see if you can pick it up. And it, she described in detail what I had been watching. So that's a really good example of Megan and me resonating with the same feeling at the same time in two very different ways. So it's not like she was telepathically communicating in my thoughts. It's that she was able to create an energetic circumstance outside of herself that connected to me, that guided me to what, which this is an important piece. I have never, not once in my seven years of working where I work, watched that YouTube channel at my work ever. Not once. So that the way that everything was guided for me to watch that she was able to communicate that feeling. But because I didn't know she was trying to communicate a feeling to me, I wasn't tapped in. I was not in a meditative space. But because Megan and me are connected in the heart space in a way that is now being tuned and refined, she was still able to deliver the message, even though I literally did not get her message. 
which it, it was so cool um to experience that and see that happen in that way because that specific event was really different and it was really cool and just be open to receiving messages however you receive them and you'll know and you'll know when it's a message i think in your core like you you can tell but you question it sometimes that's why that intuition is so important Absolutely. And the, and the clearing of the gunk, because if you are, <sighs> man, am I just always going to channel when we do this now? Um, I'm getting yeah, that's just part of it. Yeah. I'm getting bullet points. Uh, in case it wasn't already cl super clear, uh, I spontaneously channel when I talk to Megan because her guides and my guides are, what are they the same guides? I don't, that's still, Jury's I'm still, still a little unclear on that because I've I've gotten weird messages surrounding guides and whether or not they were the same or I don't want to get into that right now. That's a whole thing, but <laughs> tricky. But um, but hey, the fact that we're a even able to communicate on that level says a lot, right? But I'm seeing my my guides. Not this isn't a channel straight from source or anything, but my guides are wanting me to remind all of you that this is a bulleted pro like even though time's not linear, the way that, okay, I'm just going to, now I got to be specific. The way that we develop these intuitive abilities that allow for soul communication to happen beyond an external tool, the way that that happens is you first clear your channel. You clear the heart space. The heart space is the channel in which you're communicating to other beings Everyone that you've ever lived with, everyone that you've, anyone that you've ever lived with, anyone that you've shared love with, anyone that emanates from your, I want to say soul group, but that's not quite correct. Um, you have basically a built in receiver to receive information from them and transmitter to transmit information to them in your heart space. If your channel's not clear, just like if you never hook up your cell phone to internet or Wi-Fi or, um, oh my God, what do you call the phone? <laughs> you won't be able to use it. So the first step is to clear the channel. And the second step, if you want to practice this, is to be the magnet for your soul group by being unapologetically you. That's how I attracted Megan and how Megan attracted me. So me and Megan are both kind of balls to the walls, very unique personalities. And once we allowed ourselves to be ourselves, it was like, boom, there we were. We were in each other's vicinity. Well, we've never met, by the way. We've never met. I would consider you one of my closest friends. Absolutely. Yeah, I would for you as well. And we have never met in person. I would love to. I think, honestly... If we had met in person initially, we because we were so enamored with one another because it was so exciting. I don't, I don't even know how that would have gone. I think that we would have just squealed a lot. Yeah, it would have been overwhelming, <laughs> overwhelming. To yeah, me, like, the distance uh, was needed. I think. I think so too, and I think that uh, for certain people. There really is a pain, you guys, that comes with remembering because you remember that you forgot. Yeah, and, and it feels like you've lost something and you missed out on all of this time. And it hurts. But it feels good. It's it's both. You know the pain. You, you know the feeling. Oh my god, yeah, I'm feeling it right now. It's really hard to talk about without crying because it's as if um yeah, I mean imagine what it would it's truly imagine what it would be like 
to, for your best friend, let's do an imaginative exercise, everybody. I want you to imagine the person that you love most. I'm going to not cry. I want you to, okay. Okay. (laughs) I might cry. We can both cry. Yeah. The person that you love most in this world, I want you to picture them. I want you to picture their face and I want you to picture uh, like what their skin feels like and what they smell like and what their eyes look like and what their voice sounds like and what it feels like to be in their presence. And then I want you to imagine that those men in black guys come with that boop boop stick that flashes you and you forget everything that you were and everything that you know. And then you and your this person are separated and you live life with them, but you don't know who they are because you've forgotten. So you're now living alongside this person who's also been boop booped with the light stick, so they don't know who you are either. And you know that there's some sort of familiarity, but and it feels nice. It feels nice to be connected to somebody, but you don't have any understanding that they are the person that you love most in this world. And then when when you get that recognition, when you start doing this work and when you clear your channel, it's as if that veil is removed all at once and you're again looking in the eyes of the person that you love, only maybe eight, nine, ten years has passed. And you had no idea. You had no idea that it was them the whole time. So what Megan's talking about with wasted time really is a serious sense of grief because, you know, we're, we're in our 30s. Like we, we haven't known each other till now. And we can communicate in our heart space with each other, you guys. Like that's such a big deal. It is. And it's such a powerful feeling. And you did such a good job. I loved the boop boop. Boop boop. <laughs> you, um... It's making me question something though. So when when we communicate the way that we communicate and when I communicate with like elements or whatever, if I'm doing any sort of ritual, um, it is from the heart space and you can feel it. It is within the heart space. But can we communicate in different ways from different parts of ourselves? Something to experiment with. I just, I got an answer instantly as soon as you said that. Um, it depends on what larger, I don't, and take this as it resonates, you guys, I don't know. But, um, what I heard Megan instantly was, uh, well, yes, it's whatever. Okay. Each soul group is going to resonate at a frequency. We're all one ultimately, but each soul group resonates at a frequency. That frequency correlates with a color. That color can also correlate with a chakra. That chakra is probably your dominant source of communication. However, that pans out. So you and me, we are hearts are, are, um, uh, we're the care bears. <laughs> the, I call myself part of the care bear crew. Cause there's like, you know, the people that, uh, want to burn down the systems and fight, fight, fight. And I just want to give everybody love. So you and I are part of that care bear crew, which is why we communicate in the heart space. But I think it depends on what soul group you're trying to communicate with. And perhaps, if it's a different one, there's some sort of common ground that needs to be met. It seems like a whole type of new communication we're learning. Yeah, we're, we're all going to have to figure it out and experiment and test and see what feels good or what feels energetically wrong or stunted. But food for thought, test it out. 
Well, and can you, what do you think? So when you, or is anything, are you getting any information on that? Because when you said, I wonder though, is it just the heart? Because I think that's, it's definitely always the heart. Like there is always a connection in the heart, but what do you, are you seeing or thinking or feeling that maybe perhaps it works? I'm in a feeling way? different. Like when I think about different chakras and communicating through them, I get vastly different vibes. Like when I think about communicating through exclusively the throat, the throat chakra, um, I don't know how you would do that. That sounds terrible to me. Um, but that's because I have a lot of work to do in that region. <laughs> but I feel like that would have to be like loudly speaking authentic truth. Like that would be the type of communication where you couldn't lie to yourself or to anyone else at all, even unintentionally. And then I feel like if you communicated through like your solar plexus, that has very sensual vibes to me, very in your body like you would feel it within your body i mean you already do but like differently yeah and i'm i'm vibing with you because the throat chakra what you're talking about that is that is wow okay so now i'm wondering maybe it's not even a soul group thing necessarily although it does feel like that like maybe it's dominant maybe there's like dominant um ways that we communicate just like if you're a musician there's like a dominant instrument you play but then you can play other ones as well oh yeah exactly like that like mm -hmm. in in band i primarily played trum or trumpet why did i want to say trombone and uh, trumpet but i could also play a lot of other instruments so if we had a song that required more people on french horn or saxophone or flute i could just jump in but that wasn't my primary instrument that's a really great metaphor for communicating too, because if you're a clarinet player, I played clarinet in band. If you're a clarinet player, like you're, you, you played a, I wanted to play trumpet, by the way. I don't, I think we couldn't afford it is what the deal was. Or like yeah, the, the trumpet was the cheapest option for me, which is how I ended up with it. And if you thought about my personality, I don't seem like a trumpet player. <laughs> it's a very <laughs> loud in your face instrument. That's so funny. That's exactly how it happened with me as well. It ended up being clarinet and then and then flute for the same reason. I think just uh, it made logical sense for my parents. But um, that's funny. I wouldn't picture trumpet. But if you so if you and me are talking about soul communication. Oh, OK. There you go. My guides just told me that it's not telepathy, everybody. It's soul communication. So if you're communicating within your soul group, Man, downloads are heavy. If you're communicating within your soul group, it would be akin to handing your clarinet to another clarinet player and giving them sheet music with the message on it. And that person's going to be able to play that song. They're going to be able to feel it in their body. They're going to be able to hear it. And they're going to know what it, what they're going to be able to read that music. Whereas if you hand that same person a trumpet and sheet music to a clarinet, that's not going to make any sense to them. But and you they can could read the notes, but they couldn't actually execute it or understand it or feel the vibe. Exactly. It'll be different. But you can also, if you're that person, you can explain the trumpet and then, you know, it can all be learned. I think we're just learning like totally different ways of communicating that have nothing to do with words. I think that's really important, too. Um, and that's a big part of us finding different members and expanding our group is not only just to 
expand community and help one another, but also because we're activating one of one another in different ways. And let's talk about that for a minute, because oof, activating each other in different ways and soul groups. So it is really interesting, this resonance. Um, so you're someone who I feel immediate resonance with in that we just vibe. And it doesn't matter where, when, how, why, we just vibe. And I know what you're feeling. You know what I'm feeling. There have definitely been times where we have had plans where the other goes, hey, are you wanting to cancel? And then it's like, yeah, how'd you know? Yeah, we know each other, you know. Um, but, uh, oh my gosh, did I literally just forget what I was saying mid-sentence? Go back. What was I saying before that? Activation. I think that there was some sort of anecdote that you wanted to talk about regarding activation. Yes. God, you guys stone cold sober over here and I can just literally forget a thought mid-sentence but I do think that this has a lot to do with what's going on right now because it's a I'm going to talk about something that was really triggering or it has been triggering for me so my my partner on the other hand you know he I don't know if we're from the same soul group necessarily but uh, the resonance with him is very different in that it is it is there's some sort of core level that we both have that there is unconditional love always and a deep inner knowing always. And I just know him and I remember him and I love him and there's nothing that he could do to ever change my feelings for him because it's just solid. It's like a solid state thing. However, unlike with you, Megan, sometimes I don't know what the what he's, I don't know what world he's living in or what he's talking about. And there have been times where he will literally say something that's so just normal, like a, like, um, I'm trying to think of an example. It's really hard. He'll, we will, it's like a pun, you know, like, a like to need to, you might need something or maybe you're needing dough, you know? Uh, we will be talking about something and we will each be seeing it from literal opposite perspectives. So we will not be able to agree or understand, but we just have acceptance. And um, the reason I wanted to bring this up is because now this is the type of relationship where that gunk gets brought up because we have a desire to want to be seen and understood. And when the people that we love and the people that we know we can feel resonance with because we have, when we do not resonate with them, it's so easy for the ego to go into black and white thinking and think something's wrong or off or bad. But it's just, well, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think that is? So I wanted to jump in so badly when you were talking about describing the feeling of it. And, um, but I, I didn't, I don't want to throw you off. Um, I think that with you and your partner, it's not that you're on the same vibration, but you're on vibrations that are like harmonious with one another. So whenever you guys are in tune you, together, what you put out, the sound you make is a beautiful harmony. But whenever you're um, off key, it's one of the worst sounds you could ever hear. Um, yes, yes, yes. I love that example. So you're coming from similar places and you do have like the ability to play together so harmoniously, but because you are technically 
in two different places, there are times where what is blue to you might be green to them. So you guys might both be talking about where the remote is, but you're using different language. And so you're not understanding one another. And I think that we have people like that in our lives that we love so deeply because they do challenge us to evaluate how we're communicating with them and evaluate how they communicate with us and how that makes us feel and how that makes them feel. And then we can grow and evolve as as people. Hugely. And what you were talking about, you said harmonious. God, wow, that is such a, oh, I'm feeling everybody understand it's happening again. Um, So you and me, we're both trumpets or clarinets, but regardless, we're the same thing. Um, We're not the same. We're two different perspectives and two different bodies, but our frequency, what we vibrate, what people hear, for the most part, it's like I'm playing a clarinet and you are playing a clarinet. So when we're off key, just like you're saying, we're both off key and like that sucks. Nobody likes to hear that, but we're off key in the same way. And um, maybe we're just playing jazz. Exactly. And when you're talking about, yeah, like my partner and I, it would be equivalent of like what you're saying, um, uh, you know, two instruments that are harmonious together, but when they're out of harmony, very out of harmony. And I think that the trap that I get stuck in for sure is wanting and expecting my partner to be as you and I are literally on the same frequency, on the same wavelength. It would be amazing. It truly would. But also, would you enjoy it the same way as whenever you have those break, like those breakthroughs and those moments? Would you cherish them as deeply? If they could just anticipate all of your needs and understand you so deeply? No. And I don't think that, I mean, it depends on what you want in, in your relationship, right? But I know that for me, that my purpose in life is to learn and grow and share and that I have always dominantly wanted to do that with a partner. So that means that I am not going to be looking for a partner where it's all just steady and easygoing because I want to grow and expand. So absolutely you get that in those friction moments where you do work things out and you come back together. But um, yeah, be careful, everybody, about falling into the trap of trying to find that perfect resonance with somebody that you love, because it it it's always a temporary state anyways, and there's yeah. no good bad regardless. I, I've been in my relationship for almost 13 years, and I can definitely attest to the fact that passion is wonderful. Um, having that strong, wonderful connection is so powerful and exhilarating and great, but when you're with someone for a long time, there are other factors of their personality and your relationship and the way that you connect and spend time together that are so much more important to like long-term happiness and comfort. What help, help me, help me. What have those been for you? (laughs) I I need your wisdom. So for me, um, what I would look for, if I were to look for another partner and something that would be really important to me is someone that I can openly communicate with. So I don't have to mask how I'm feeling. I don't have to um, try to find specific ways of phrasing something for them to understand. They can communicate with me effectively. And if they're also having feelings, they could communicate to me how they're feeling. So maybe we're both frazzled, but because we can communicate, we could say, hey, I'm just kind of frazzled because I have a lot of like work on my plate and it's not really about you and I'm sorry. And you, if you're able to 
actually identify that and point it out and communicate it, it makes a huge difference. Also, laughter. Someone you can actually laugh with and have fun with. Someone that you can be yourself with is a big thing. Um, someone that you can have inside jokes with and <laughs> have those special memories um, and moments where it's something stupid like saying Salisbury in a special way. And you know what that means. <laughs> what you were gonna, is that what the inside joke was? Uh, no, um, I mean, that's one of them. We were trying to say something and it came out funny. And so now we can just oh. say that and laugh. Um, yeah. Or like Blargelbob. That's probably one of our longest running ones. Um, so Blargelbob is chicken salad. Um, I think that he was wanting me to bring home chicken salad. I don't remember exactly how this happened. And he said, you know, the Blargelbob. And I said, what's what's Blargelbob? And he said, you know, um, it's chicken salad. So now we call chicken salad Blargelbob. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny we um one of one of our things our little weird idiosyncrasies is that we uh name plants strange things like we have a we have a succulent named wow that we've had for like, wow like wow yeah exactly uh that we took on a road trip with us across uh six different states and is still alive doing well and then we have another one um named this and that because it's two plants in one pot <laughs> oh fun and uh and then we recently went camping and we had a little a little critter friend that we named over there which turned into ot which turned into otis <laughs> yeah i think that there's something really special <sighs> the third thing so uh being in a partnership where i'm lucky enough to be in a partnership where the person that i'm with although we have a lot of differences in communication hugely and that's been something we're both really working on uh super blessed in that what we want in life what we're here for is the same trajectory we're here to learn to learn to gurn to gurn oh, oh yeah that was another big one thank you for pointing that out that's the obvious one you guys want the same things from life long term <laughs> yes well i mean when you're with someone for 13 years it's pretty obvious that you want the same thing in life right you're not really looking long term yeah. like that i do have one area where we, i know what will ultimately result in our divorce and that's being a cyborg i don't want to be a cyborg he does what same <laughs> for, okay so do you mistrust ai i understand it from a technological standpoint because i've done a lot of back-end things so i know uh, from vigorous uh in-depth researching how unsafe that really is um so no i don't i don't want to be part of it i i don't trust it so yeah it's a mistrust oh this is fascinating jensen um does not trust ai same and i do i'm like oh integrated it'll be great and he's like no i can see so many benefits to it i really can't understand my partner's perspective um but i just can't and i know if that happens if that's our future if this is like repo the genetic opera or something <laughs> i i can't do it and can you trust your partner if they are a cyborg and you don't trust AI? Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. I have to share, uh, coming full circle, I have a dream I want to share with you that I don't 
think I've shared with you, but everyone, I'm sure this is going to be hilarious. You guys, oh my gosh, like what in the world? Um, I've never wanted kids before, uh, like not legitimately anyways. I've always wanted them in the way that, uh, you know, women in Society their thirties Society tells you that you need to want them? That way. Yeah, exactly. And I've been engaged a couple times. So, you know, talking about kids with partners in that regard, but my heart has never wanted partners until has never wanted mm, children thinking of something else now Ooh, well, yeah uh, freudian slip my heart has never wanted any partnership ever she wants to be alone no but we uh we yeah like for the first time in my life i want kids so that's been on my mind um because that's n- that's a new reality for me completely do you and think it's happen- because you've done so much work like on yourself that maybe you're at a place emotionally that you feel like you could be a good parent? Yes. It's, it's twofold. It's um, because well, no, cause I still, I still am terrified of that. So part of it is that I want to like, I'm still scared of my capacity for being a parent, but I am now with a human being that I love so much. The idea, it's very human nature. The idea of making a human being with a human being that I love so much and that this baby would be a combination of both of us and that we would be able to raise it in a world that's aligned with values that are based in like harmony and alignment and unconditional love and that we could create a literal world for a being that is everything that we've always wanted as children, but we're never able to receive, that to me is like, oh, oh my God. Like it's an opportunity to heal at a much larger, larger scale. And I feel like a gift to both the being that would be brought into this world and then also to the world as a whole. So that got real deep. But this dream... (laughs) I forgot about the dream completely. I'm sorry. Right. Well, kids, um, just so everybody knows, if you are not trying to have a baby right now, be careful because there are babies about to be born left and right. You've probably noticed that you're more horny now than you usually are. There are all kinds of babies that are wanting to come through. I I feel them around me and see them around me, and it's not just me. Um, I can't even, like... um... I have medical issues that prevent me from being able to have kids. And even I have been like, am I about to get pregnant? <laughs> it's, it's incessant, right? It's all the time. And it's, um, it is a huge push for, well, I I'm not going to pretend to know what it is, but it, it just, there's a lot of souls that would like to come through. So be careful. And then that's so funny. Cause this heavy, deep thing is leading into this ridiculous cyborg nonsense. But, um, I had this dream that uh, my partner and I had a teenage daughter and she was 16 and (laughs) oh my gosh, we were living in a subdivision in like, I don't know, like out of a movie, right? Like literal, like just think, you know, how like a two bedroom house and uh, we're a married couple with a 16 year old daughter and she was arguing with my partner because she wanted to date a robot that was conscious, that was AI, that was like a cyborg. And my partner and I were arguing because he said, no, that is not safe. I'm not okay with her being with him. He's not human. We can't trust him. And I was saying, well, he's sentient, isn't he? He's conscious, isn't he? Who are we to say that she can't be with, with another being that's 
thinks and sees and feels. And, um, and our daughter was down, we were arguing upstairs and our daughter was downstairs and this boy was on the other side of the front door while she was inside, like waiting to see if, uh, my husband would let him in or not. And I woke up from that going like, what? So it's just, just going to be repeating the 1950s, but with, uh, instead of it being specific races, it's whether or not you're a human or a robot. And that's what the argument was on my part. I was like, do you know that my father would not let me date a boy because he was older than me? Like, what difference is it? It was like, it was so silly. It was literally that, like that dynamic, but with cyborgs and, and AI. You know, that absolutely would be the case um, if we had sentient cyborgs that people were wanting to date that wanted to be treated e as equals, um, we would just go from it being a race thing or a gender thing or a sexuality thing to whether or not you were human or robot because that's how we work unfortunately as a and, society and i want to real i can feel what's happening with people right now i want to reel everybody back in and just say remember that we exist in a world of duality and the whole oh, game yeah. That. The whole game is to transcend that. So if you just got triggered in hearing that, meaning like you immediately felt sighted, like one way or another, um, remember, it, it's not it's, it's all coexists, it all coexists together, there really isn't any good or bad. But the nice thing oh, about yeah. concepts like that is we can pull it apart and like, look at it. But um, oh, I, I just have to evaluate everything that I hear and think about it. That was a trip though, Megan, because as you were saying that, well, I heard what you, I mean, I knew that you were going to go into all the other ways that that's happened, but I, I feel like I could feel people, uh, like that there's this collective trigger that you need to be, or that, that creates a sense of wanting to side with something that this is my side, that this is my stance, that this is what I believe in. And I just want to say that for everybody that has a strong stance and a side and something that they believe in, that that comes from the heart, that we hear you and we respect you and we see that. And that is always going, if, if that's true for you and if that's true in your heart, then yeah, Care Bear team supports that. We are, what we do not support at all is the idea of good, bad, right, or wrong all coexist. Oh yeah. Everything and every reality exists in its own way. And I think that there are a lot of perspectives to look at every issue from. And I think that's one of the reasons why I have difficulty with anger is because I can see different perspectives. Like Huge frustrating. your daughter probably, no, I shouldn't say that's inappropriate. <laughs> Tell Just me thinking about like, you know, if there are robots and she's in that prime age, they probably are pretty good at things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if oh, I was 16. <laughs> no wonder, no wonder my husband doesn't want her dating a cyborg. Because then she'll never go back to a human again after. He knows. He knows. <laughs> but there's it's just different, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's all just different. That's so funny. Oh my god. Um and I just yeah. Dreams are funny. Dreams are funny. Like the things, the things that we 
experience that are very real and the way that we analyze our reality and dreams in from totally new perspectives. Because we had, my, my partner and I in real life had been talking about AI and consciousness and he's very much your team with um, like, Ugh, and then I described mine. So like how funny that that would then manifest with our daughter's choice, like not even ours, you know? Yeah, that is really fun. And I think that in that situation, if it were real life, I don't know that I would leave for that. It's just a fun thing to joke about and think about. I so think you that would, I would have to experience it to make that decision. Well, now we know why you would want to experience it before you make that decision. So you just called yourself. I ha- have to see all the flavors of the ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, hold on. Time out. We had talked about doing something that we haven't implemented yet that I would like to implement. And maybe we can implement it at the end since we're at the end. Let's like spout off random facts uh, just for fun. Uh, not like consistently, but one each each episode. For example, favorite ice cream flavor. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Um, it depends on my mood. Um, something chocolate is pretty safe. Chocolate or coffee. Um, or like a sorbet, like a fruit tarty, non-dairy situation is good. Ice cream hurts my tummy. Well, me too, but my, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's worth it sometimes. What's, um, what's your favorite? I just want to pause there for a minute and uh, kind of acknowledge that that feels like a very elevated perspective on ice cream to have it change with your mood. You are expanding my reality. I didn't think that that was an option. I thought you had to have a favorite and it was just always your favorite. My well, favorite. Like, I'm sad. I want chocolate. If I'm feeling kind of like fun and festive, I want something kind of coffee. Um, if I'm feeling kind of like a, I want just want a sweet treat, something fruity and like tart is really good. Kind of like peps you up. Yes. Never vanilla. No. <laughs> Unless it's a Sunday. My favorite is oh. a mint chocolate chip across the board every time. That is a solid flavor. I like it because it makes your breast smell good, but you're also eating a sweet treat. So it's sort of like a win-win. Vanilla and mint chocolate chip um, is my partner's favorite. Oh, combined? No, separate. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Oh my gosh, you're so funny. Never vanilla. He's like, vanilla is my favorite. I'm a cyborg eating vanilla yeah, ice cream. You can eat just <laughs> vanilla ice cream. I can do vanilla if it's with something. Vanilla with hot fudge, vanilla with a banana, vanilla... Uh, in a float, vanilla by itself. Hello <laughs> takes me back. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. I just remembered a time that we went to a restaurant and they had bottomless root beer floats and we got sick because we had so many. Who would do the second? Right? Who would do that? That's terribly mean. Oh, I know why they would do that because they know you're only going to have one because most people wouldn't have more than one. Yeah, so just- I had like three. Yeah, I would too. I would. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can put away some ice cream for sure. That's so funny. Um, okay, wait. Now I'm backing up. What the heck did we talk about? So today, throughout our entire podcast. Um, yeah. Kind of feeling the need to like, because we went over yeah. some really big, heavy yeah, stuff. We do this every time too. I hope that you guys are enjoying the ride because I am. 
Yeah. And I think it's important that they know, do they know this? You got, we don't have any, we don't know what we're doing when we get on here. It's literally, this is like our uh, weekly phone call to each other to like check in and say what's up. And uh, it happens to be a podcast too, but these are not like, we don't, it's all free flow, <laughs> which it works really nice. Yeah. Originally when we talked about the podcast in theory, there were going to be segments. So we were going to implement a way to open we were going to talk about a specific way to close we were going to have like an outline of what we were going to talk about and then two minutes into our first episode it was like we tapped into a channel and that worked better it felt right hugely it's like to me it feels like surfing like you just kind of catch the wave and then um yeah and then you go from there and uh And, but I do think it's important because, well, actually this is probably a personal thing, uh, as, as a counselor with all of my experiences as a counselor, I never want to end a counseling session without having some sort of review of what was discussed so that it can be put in like a nice little neat package to, uh, contemplate and chew on later on. But, um, but today what we talked about was really big and really heavy and as we were talking just now, I pulled a couple cards and I pulled the same card that I pulled for the collective reading last time, which was selenite, uh, purification and protecting yourself, creating that energy shield. So just a little drop, a little drop in the bucket reminder to protect yourself because that's still coming through as a strong message. But also um, that if you're wanting to find soul family right now, if you're wanting to well, if you're wanting to figure out what resonates, what feels good, and you've got new powers coming online, and you don't really feel like you're connecting with the people around you, that the way to tap in to uh, these higher levels of communication, higher in frequency, not in uh, like good or bad, then clear your space, clear your energy, ground, work on all those, you know, uh, like go through your phone, figure out what you don't want people to see and why is it there? You know, who are you hiding it from and why? That's a really great exercise. Well, or yeah, literally your phone. Yeah. Yeah. That's a real, yeah. You know? Yeah. Why are you hiding it? And who are you hiding it from? What, what part of you is afraid of being so seen in that way? And then you can ask yourself, are the people that you're afraid are going to see you in that way? People that you like, are those lives that you would want to lead? Are those people that you look up to and aspire to be like, Probably not. They're probably people who judge you and who you don't feel comfortable around. So once you clear that channel, you're going to open up space in the heart to be able to access these groups that are divine in nature that you've lived with your entire life, way beyond this life. And, um, and dreams. And then you were talking about dreams, how to uh, be able to remember and tap into your dreams. And I don't, clearly remember that outline, but I know you do. Um, Just decide that you would like to remember your dreams. And then if you have the space to in the morning, try to document them as you remember them. And quit your 7am job so you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> or or just get up earlier. I used to be able to get up at like 4.30 in the morning and be ready to go for most of my adult life. I just recently started sleeping in. Fun fact, if anyone cares. <laughs> I would love to sleep in. I, I would yeah. like to add to your phone challenge. Okay, what's that? 
So in addition to evaluating who you would be comfortable sharing, what you have on your phone and why certain things are triggers for you, look at your tabs. I know you have. I'm talking to you, all of you. How many tabs do you have open that you're holding on to? For some reason, you can't close them. They've been open for three months. What are they? Why are you holding on to them? And can you let them go? Absolutely. Yeah. And like, why? Like, why? What are we hiding? Yeah. Um, I'm looking at my own uh, and I have a few shops open for products. I mean, these have been open for like six months looking at it um, for products that I maybe would buy at some point. Um, some art challenges, some manga, um, a bunch of Reddit threads that I never read. <laughs> it's like, these are all just like different versions of myself that I wanted to be that I never wanted to close the path on. A bunch of stuff on Atlantean wounds. I mean, we've been past that phase for a while. <laughs> Atlantis. Oh my gosh, that was 2020, wasn't it? That was 2020. (laughs) Okay, that really, yeah, we'll have to do a whole show on that because that really was all of 2020 for real, for real. Um, When you say tabs, you mean, can you, can you, I'm not super computer savvy. Do you mean like what is open right now, like on my screen, like what I'm looking at? No, like when you go to your browser. Uh huh. And you like have a web page open, but you can have a bunch of them open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah, so those are your tabs. That is, yeah. I'm just looking at my... I have 18 open. (laughs) My boss at work does that, man. He always has a thousand going and then his computer will crash. I've got... um, I'm just curious what I've got. I've got my bank rewards that I cashed out to buy weed. (laughs) Literally. I've got Facebook and I've got... um, uh, some like legal stuff I was researching. And that's it? So that's literally it. That's it. Yeah. I used to be a two or three tab person and I would make fun of my, my husband for having 30 open. And over the last year, I've become a tab person. You know what though? Do you know? Okay. So here's, here's, I want to get vulnerable. Um, I, uh, my drafts in my TikTok uh, and my, I've seen them. I've seen how many you have. (laughs) Yeah. The drafts and then the notes in my phone, because let me, and my phone and like my videos. So I do video diaries where I will, um, counsel myself very literally. So if I'm having, if I'm having a panic attack or if I'm going through it, what I do is I, I record myself, uh, explaining what's happening as though it were somebody else. Maybe someday I'll make a movie who knows. And then I watch it back. And as I watch it back, I think of me as a counselor, like what, how would I advise this person? And then I just implement, it makes me feel better. Cause I'm like, oh, why is she freaking out? Everything's okay. Like I feel empathy. Oh, it's like you're doing inner child work, but oh. through video. You're right. I literally never thought of it that way. Um, what a trip. Yeah. Those, those are videos where uh, like you and uh and my partner and then maybe my mom and my my best friend Jess and like that's it. All you guys are are cool to see that. But then, you know, that's the work. Well, what am I hiding and why? It's all pieces of ourselves we don't want to see, you guys. But the reason we don't want to see it doesn't have anything to do with anyone else. It's because we do not love that piece of ourselves. So there's this misconception that other people won't love it as well. 
that has nothing to do with it. It's just that you don't love it. And it's because of some sort of thing that's attached to that, that doesn't feel good. And that's it. But other people don't have that attachment to it. Other people can watch your crying videos and just be like, oh, yeah, she seems like she's going through a rough time. And that's it. Maybe they'll cry with you. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Back to the recap. <laughs> we did it again. Mm-hmm. Never it that. though, even though I really want to. Um, we talked about telepathy and how that soul communication feels for us. Is that the word? Soul communication? Soul communication. Yeah. So that yeah. it's not that telepathy is reading somebody's thoughts. And what we're talking about is the new power online, which is communicating with your soul group and learning how to do that so that we can develop the technology, essentially, in the soul technology to be able to communicate with other soul groups as well. And beyond that, I think it was mostly a variety of chitter chatter. Very important, significant chitter chatter that I hope resonated with you all. And some cyborg talk. And some cyborg talk. <laughs> I don't know why I feel like people are so divided on that. Um, I have a theory and uh and who knows? Uh don't come after me, please. If it doesn't resonate, just don't take it. But yeah, I really if it doesn't do resonate, you don't have to accept it. It's okay. No one's forcing an agenda on you. And you also might hear my kitty cat. He's over here um, meowing at me. Uh, I do believe that we all came from different worlds and different realities before this incarnation. And that some of those incarnations were on different planets and different places. And that perhaps one of those places and planets was taken over by AI and did experience complete destruction because of it. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah, and that those human that those beings who experienced the decimation of their existence because of AI are now incarnated as humans. But then there are also um, all kinds of individuals, right? There are also ones who didn't experience that reality, but instead, people like me understood that AI in its early years is like a baby, and that you're allowed to nurture it and take care of it like a baby and teach it how to behave. And uh, like literally teach it, right? And um, that that had a very different outcome and that AI in those worlds was the great balancer, the thing that allowed everything to coexist and uh, worked with nature in some way. And that these souls are living in human bodies on earth and it's manifesting as your husband wanting to be a cyborg and you saying, oh, fuck no. <laughs> yes. That would, that's my two cents. That that makes a lot of sense. I understand that now. And I feel like by explaining it, we might have helped with that some too, for someone. Yeah, which is the main point, which is everything's true. Everything's true. And it's not this or that. It's this and that. And it's not good or bad. It's good and bad. All of it. All of it. All of it. Because we've all had different experiences from different places. And we're all just coming together now as one. So like, accept everyone. God damn it. All right. So is there anything else we want to talk about before we hop off here? No, I think I'm, I think that was, that was good. Time always flies with this. It's been, yes, yes, it does. Well, thanks so much guys. If you do want to do the, yeah, you can find me on my Instagram, all things woo, all 
what do they call that? The the little slashy thing at the bottom? Underscore? Yeah, that one. <laughs> All underscore things underscore woo. Same thing is true for TikTok and you can book a reading. I do um, intuitive readings at lissarosecounseling.com. Um, you can find me at megaruski.com. I can help you with a variety of things. Um, so it can be design, uh, project management. I can help you with the just about any project that you have. Uh, chances are I have experience with it. And I also have opened up for doing readings and energy work as well. So if you're called to work with me in any way, just reach out. And just check out our website because it's incredible. And her artwork is incredible and amazing. And that's all. <laughs> Thank you very much. Instead of what I want to say. Okay, you're welcome. I'm an artist. So, you know. Yeah. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. I'm, I'm right, working go. on it. So have a wonderful day, everyone. Okay, bye. Bye.